from Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond. And I'm your co-host, Ice Artificio. And today we have Emily Fig from OnSpring. Emily, it's really nice to have you on. Thanks for having me, guys. Really excited. We're super excited about everything, Emily. Uh, First things first, can you tell us more about yourself and your company, OnSpring? Yeah, Emily Fig, Vice President of Marketing at OnSpring. We are a business process automation platform. So we essentially take those really mundane processes that a lot of governance, risk, compliance professionals do every single day and automate a lot of them for efficiencies and um, real-time data analytics reporting. So that's that's the primary audience that OnSpring serves. And before this, I ran marketing at a financial technology company called C2FO. Some people may or may not have been familiar with that. And then before that, I spent the beginning of my career in advertising. So I worked at a couple of agencies, some based in Kansas City. VML is a global agency that most people might know. And before that, a local one. And then before that, I actually worked at an agency in London called Inferno that had some really cool clients. So I've kind of made the rounds from advertising all the way to client-side marketing and rotated fields, but essentially I've kind of collected a whole bunch of ideas and best practices along the way. Sounds exciting. And you mentioned you do business process automation in OnSpring. So how does marketing look like in that space? Yeah. So because we're in the B2B space, we are targeting primarily enterprise companies. So think like Fortune 1000, Fortune 2000, uh, the FedExes, the Walmarts, the CVSs of the world. And the roles that we're targeting are, are typically the holders of the pain points. So like if they are, they're the ones that are like in the day-to-day trying to improve what they do every single day, that's who we're going after, which is quite often it's not a C-suite. And mm-hmm. I think that's, a, that's important to mention because in a lot of cases, when you're doing B2B marketing, everybody just wants to go straight to the C-suite. Just give me to the person that signs the checks. And the reality is for our situation, we go to those people that have the pain points first and help them explain, here's how we can solve those problems and give them the ammunition to take it up further the chain and explain, look, if we do something like this, here's the return we're going to get. Here's the residual benefit the rest of the organization gets. To be honest with you, a lot of the tactics that we deploy are very similar to what you might do in a B2B space that's in a different vertical. Um, Or it's even some of it's a little bit similar to B2C marketing in the tactics. What changes are the messages that we get delivered, which of course changes when when you're selling different products and things like that. But how we're communicating what we do and how it benefits you changes quite a bit. Um, I feel like in the, in the last, Jesus, in the last two years with how things have changed in with COVID, I, I would argue that that has impacted B2B marketing way more than B2C marketing in that B2B marketing traditionally falls under events. 
People attend events, they attend trade shows and conferences, and that's where you get your face-to-face -face interaction because a lot of the times our cells are relationship-based cells. You need to meet someone, you need to form a bond with them and, and then start to suss out, here's how we can help you. And when those disappear and everybody switched to virtual events. And the last thing anyone wants to do at a conference is talk to a vendor, whether you're mm -hmm. live or virtual, like it doesn't matter. Nobody wants to talk to them. So virtual events didn't actually fill the void that we, that we had. So we started looking at different ways to talk to our prospects and get in front of them in, in just totally different ways. So we, um, before COVID, we actually had a plan to expand a lot of our marketing tactics into direct mail. And historically, like, because the world is purely digital at this point, um, that was a little bit of a sell to get my, the rest of the, the exec team on board with it. So we had, we had planned a full direct mail campaign coming into COVID. And then once COVID happened, we actually paused that because nobody went into the office and we didn't mm -hmm. have postal mailing addresses for anybody. So that, that posed a new challenge for us. So we are, we are now kind of reimagining what B2B marketing looks like post COVID. And I have some assumptions on where, what I think is going to happen. Like I don't see the trade shows and events coming back full force in the same way that they have been historically, way that they've been executed historically. And, and I say that as, as an event planner, who's, who's planning a user conference right now for our own customers, what they're expecting from a content perspective, from an experience is completely different from what it looks like before. And I feel like we're kind of at a crossroads right now where conferences, anyone who's, who's putting on thought leadership events, where prospects are going to congregate to learn something new and see what's, see what new products and technologies are on the market. This is an inflection point where they can really rethink what that experience should be like and mm -hmm. how we can make it work better for everyone. So I'll give you a couple examples of what we're doing at our own user conference. We're offering, of course, an in-person conference and a virtual conference because we know, we know people aren't going to feel safe going to in-person. And then there are people who are ready. So we're giving them flexibility to do both. But just like at other conferences, we have partners that we want to expose our customers to because they add value throughout the value chain when they're using our software. And we know no one wants to talk to vendors. So what we're working on right now is delivering a truly organic networking experience so that instead of having vendor booths, we're offering one-on-one -on -one labs time where you can pre-book 30-minute sessions with a subject matter expert to solve problem A or problem B or problem C. And we have different partners that fulfill each one of those problems. So somebody can come in and say, man, I really want to learn how I build API integrations with OnSpring. Give me 30 minutes with somebody who can teach me that. Or I really want to know how I can advance my governance risk and compliance programs inside OnSpring. Give me 30 minutes with somebody who can teach me that. And so we have an opportunity to add some values for our own partners and deliver on customer needs at the same time. So that's one, one example of how I see events 
changing a little bit. I think one of the biggest challenges for marketers today and maybe historically is coming up with content that's relevant to share with their prospects. It's, it's always tough. Like it's a never ending battle that you're playing with Google and it always needs to be fresh. It always needs to have a point of view. And a lot of times it's tough to have the bandwidth to come up with it, the, the ideas to deliver on it. So what, what we're doing right now is we're taking all of our conversations that we have with our own customers and turning those into as many different content pieces as we can create. So for example, we have some customers that are presenting at our upcoming user conference and they're delivering a presentation that says, here's what I'm using OnSpring for. Here's how I thought about building my program inside OnSpring. Here's how we implemented it. Here's the results we've experienced. And here are here's specific advice pieces for you guys at home that may want to learn from what I've done and execute it at home. And so there are like four different ways you can unpack that story and tell it in a little bit different way and expand upon it so that it hits pain points and needs of other prospects. So for example, here's how I decided how to implement my programs inside OnSpring. Um, we have a client who built their entire governance risk and compliance program inside OnSpring. And there were like 15 different pieces inside that holistic program. And if they were going to implement all of that at once, it probably would have taken like two years. And no one buys the software and says, oh, I'm going to wait two years to use it, or I'm going to wait two years for ROI. So what they did is they built a program that said, let's break out our quick wins and let's do this one in 30 days. Let's do this one in 30 days. So they always have something launching and they, they're constantly getting something new to use out of it. And so it's those pieces of advice and it's that level of, let me break down how we did this and explain it to you so that you can apply it in your own business. So we recorded all of these presentations so that we could use them in our virtual user conference. And then we're going back and just playing them back on our own and saying, how could I turn this into three more pieces? How does it become a worksheet? someone can download that says, if I want to, if I want to launch my own GRC program, here are the steps I need to follow. Here are the inputs I need to document things along those lines. Like what are the tactical pieces that I can use as not only advice in think a blog article piece on a website, but also think um, a downloadable asset that gives them something of value and also captures contact information. So I can follow up with those people and say, Hey, I see that you're looking on GRC programs and how you can implement them faster. I've got some other pieces that might give you a head start with what you're trying to do. So that's one example, but it's really just taking our customer ideas and our customer use cases and having them tell us what they're doing with our, with our technology and asking them questions about, well, how did, how did you get buy-in? How did you expand this to other departments within your company? What kind of results are you guys seeing? Do you have hours saved every day? Really just asking all of these questions, capturing it in one, in one place, and then really pulling it apart and saying, okay, if you did this, one of the clients that we work with is H&R Block, big financial company. We can take what they've given us and said, okay, this is a template of how you might roll out a GRC program for finance. Let's take that same template and apply it to healthcare. 
what are the, what are those questions or steps that those people need to go through? So it creates a scalable way for us to version out the same piece, but just apply it to in different industry verticals. Cause we sell into finance, we sell into healthcare, pharma, government, all of them. And then on top of that, we also sell into different personas. So we have an auditor, a compliance officer, a risk analyst, an information security manager. And we can take that one. I'm going to just go back to that example. Here are the three steps you need to launch your GRC program. We can take those three steps and say, here's how it applies from the information security manager angle. These are the questions he's thinking about. And these are the questions our risk manager's thinking about. She wants to know A, B, and C. So we can really take that one piece and just look at it from three different personas or three different industry verticals. So that gives a scale on how many pieces we can create, but because we're capturing these to start with in video, I get video assets. I have a long format video I can use, and then I can pull all of those apart into short snippets that I can use to support long form content on our website. And then take those short snippets and pull them out with really good sound bites we can use in social, like just really powerful quotes or statements, things along those lines. So we're really just trying to figure out who's got a really interesting story. And fortunately for us, we have really, really awesome customers that love to talk about our product and how it helps them. And so we're in a position where we use that to our advantage and talk to anyone and everyone we can. Because the reality is, um, especially in the, the industry that we're in, we're talking to people whose sole job is to make sure their organization reduces its risk, that they don't get hacked, that like solar winds and colonial pipeline doesn't happen to them. And so those people are already on their guard. And so they don't want to, they don't want to talk to somebody who's selling them something. They want to hear from their peer who's already using something similar or using this and they're, they're seeing results. So as much as we can, we're trying to take our customers and put them in the spotlight of listen to what our customers are saying. This is your peer. This is your InfoSec manager at H&R Block who can tell you, here's how it's working. Here's advice on how you can execute something similar in your own business. And that tends to get received a lot better. It's the same concept as I'm going to post a Google review or a Yelp review to figure out where I'm going to eat dinner. You want to know where people like you are using. It's the same concept. It's just trying to get as much life out of it as possible. Totally. I love that. And for those marketers listening that really want to leverage their customers to tell these stories and to have them be evangelists for their product, where can they get started? Like what, mm. when you started this, like how do you, how do you approach it? And what are those first steps to start thinking about taking? Yeah. So I, to be honest with you, I always start with my sales team because they are the first touch point with our customers. At some point they started with a salesperson and so after every time we close a new piece of business, I'll sit down with the sales rep and I'll say, okay, tell me where it started. Where did they come from? Did we meet them at an event? Did they find us from Google? Did they find us from a software review site? What were they specifically asking for? And then as you unpacked what they needed, how did you help them understand where we could go with our own software to support their needs? And so it starts with salesperson. 
we might, I might work for a unique organization where our salespeople really keep in touch with our customers, even post-sale. So they know them really well. They understand how things are going. So a lot of the times I'll go back to them and just get a follow-up and say, what did they think? How did it go? And so I, I typically start and get as much out of sales as possible. And I'm looking for, when I talk to my salespeople, I'm asking them questions like, what was the prospect initially looking for? What role is the person who's looking at us as a, as a software provider? And um, I'm also asking questions about personalities of our customers. Um, how do they present? Uh, can I put them in front of a camera once when they're customers? Because there are some people that, that don't want to deliver presentations. They don't want to be on camera. And I understand that, but they're really smart and they still have a lot to contribute. So in those cases, we'll just do like interviews via Zoom, kind of similar mm. to what we're doing now. And we never publish the video record. We just publish the content, like the, the written content pieces. Um, so that's a, a lot of the times what we do. Um, in our business, we also, because we're a technology company, some customers go through a full implementation with us where we might personalize how they're using our software specific to their business. And after we launch with those customers, we will also sit down and I'll have our, our team, our professional services team that, that customizes things. I'll say, give me a demo of what you built them. Like show me specifically what you built them. So I have full context of what we've delivered and I can go back to that customer and say, man, this is a really unique use case. Nobody's built anything for environment, social, and sustainability governance. Can you tell us a little bit more about why you needed this and how it's helping your business and things like that? So it really starts with sales in our organization and then the team that's involved implementing it if, if there was a team involved. I love that. That's awesome. Well, as we're wrapping up the podcast here, any last words of wisdom or, or thoughts for those listening here today? I can think of a, of a couple. I would tell you to, I would walk around with a pen and a notepad everywhere you go. Like, mm. like throw it in your purse, you know, whatever. Um, I have found over the years that I will get hit with an idea in the most unlikely places. And because there's so much going on in your brain and there's so many things you're responsible for, I'll never remember them all. And so I literally have made it to a point where I bring something to write down with, like scribble notes on everywhere I go. I go to the baseball game and I'll see something. I'll be like, oh my God, I have to do something with that idea. I have to do something with that idea. And, and for some reason, like transcribing that on your phone, is just not the same. There's, no. there's like this physical execution of, of drawing a picture or writing the words that would be one recommendation, bring a pen and a piece of paper everywhere you go. Um, the second thing is, and this probably is a, is not a surprise to anybody in marketing listening, but the industry that I work in is technology and it's, and it's in a category that's very specific and there's not a whole lot of creativity happening in the governance risk and compliance space. That's just not a thing. So I go elsewhere to get all of my ideas. I, I just, I go anywhere, but governance, risk and compliance to see 
how are other people talking? How are they presenting themselves? And sometimes it's, sometimes it's in a fashion industry or selling books. Like it, it really doesn't matter. I'm just looking for different ways that I can explain what we do and tell a story in a meaningful way. And I, I feel like you really got to get outside of your own bubble, if you will, to find some really good ideas that you can morph and take back to your own organization and make them their, your own. I love that. This has been extremely valuable and I will make sure to keep my notes everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Emily, for your time. This has been great. Thanks, Emily. This is amazing. Thanks for having me.